everybody. Welcome to Laser Time, the Internet's fourth leading pop culture show. We normally pick a topic, but today we have a special guest. Uh, I am Christopher Antista. Tyler Wilde. Henry Gilbert. And Henry Gilbert and our special guest. Do you want, you want a Tonight Show theme? For some reason I have that on here. I'll take anything. Yeah. Who do we have with us? Louis Peitzman. Yes. And how would people know you? Probably from Twitter or Twitter. not at all. No, because no. these guys, these guys are, were huge fans of you on Twitter, and um, that's, that's how right. I yes. that's, that's how I came to know you. Well, and your BuzzFeed, we're in the uh, stuff you wrote before BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I remember reading your interview with um, uh, forget the actress's name, but she played Sarge on Law and Order, and it was like the interview was posted like the day the original Law and Order was like canceled. That was uh, yes, I interviewed Essapotha Murkerson. Excuse me. As Apotha Merkerson. I feel like I've just been activated. Yeah, well, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I got her for, like, five minutes, and it was the most thrilling five minutes of my life. Like, what, at what? Like a Law & Order cancellation junket? Uh, yeah, it was, a, well, no, it, was a, it was a phone, it was a phoner, but oh, they were okay. doing a bunch of phoners with her, and she was impossible, because, like, everything I asked, she's like, you gotta watch and see, and I was like, well, it's over, <laughs> and I... <laughs> I'm trying to ask you questions about your legacy and shit. And what she's happens just like, at the end of Law and Order? Like, does New York close? Yes, you have to watch. Well, I think it was one of those last season things where they didn't know they it didn't was know. the last season or not. Oh, right? no, this was like right at the end. Oh, okay. Really? So this is literally, I, I talked to her like two days before the series finale, and her character, I think, had cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like asking, like, will that be resolved? And, and she was like, you'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "It's not a whatever." <laughs> <laughs> can I get can I get the really lame question? Because you write mostly about TV and film, right? Yeah. So I like I've been I keep saying that at the beginning of, in December I fell into a weird depressive funk, uh, and then I got out of that in January. Congratulations! And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait because I'm a, you know I don't think me, you can self diagnose. You, you've that. seen our studio. That's air quotes. Uh, that I'm a big pop culture person. And it's like there's no movies coming out. I'm not watching any TV. Uh, no game. Like I want. Like, is there a new TV show that I'm missing out on right now? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're watching Jane the Virgin. That's a delightful no. show. What is is what channel is that on? It's on, the C- it's on the CW. The CW. Is it and also let me on tell Hulu? you something. It it was the first CW show to earn a Golden Globe win really? for the lead actor. Yeah. Whoa. Actress. Wait, is she the one? Is that the I show? say gender neutral actor because I'm progressive. About but. the girl who gets pregnant. Applause. Immaculate. Thank you. <laughs> applause. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's a virgin birth show. Okay. But that's. I mean, there's a ton of TV that I watch, but that one, um, I feel like, is the right tone for if you're feeling a little down mm-hmm. and you need something to kind of hug you. No, I, well, that show will hug I you. Like, I'm okay with depressing shit. Like, we watched a fucking Peanuts movie the other night. There's nothing more depressing than a Charlie Brown film. Well, that's true, but I just feel like <laughs> you don't want to watch the leftovers when you're already. Ah, I see. I haven't actually watched that yet. Is that... It's bleak as shit. Really? Yeah. All right. I might. So Jane the Virgin and Venture Brothers is all I got. When's that coming back? Jesus. I don't know. I mean, they just had the special, and it ended with a trailer for season six. I so... can't stop talking about this. I love that special so much. But I need I need new TV in my life, and I just I don't want, I don't know where to start. But I have a Hulu subscription. Well, I'm, I'm pushing a, a, a teen uh, like a, a telenovela style um, teen show on you, so I feel yes. like you're, <laughs> yes. you're on the right is, track. Is that do I have to sit through Vampire Diaries to watch that? You don't have to. They actually don't require that anymore. Is that show good? Uh, it was. It, it was? was good for a while. What about the other shows of theirs? The originals. Yeah, I like Vampire Diaries more. Mm-hmm. Um. The originals is New Orleans, and Memory Diaries is more of a... Well, now they're in college, but it was kind of more of like a high school show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Buffy and Angel, like 
the originals is like the more adult version, mm-hmm. and I like being a kid. When those so. high school ghosts go when those high school shows go to college. It's 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 a real it's a dangerous move. A buddy, Very dangerous. A buddy of mine just wrote his first show, and it was originals. And I haven't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I should really support him and watch this. But I'm terrified because. Do what I have to pick up on Vampire Diaries to understand its Angel spinoff? No, no, you, you can actually watch it independently. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, you'll be confused regardless because yes. those shows are so like weirdly dense. But yeah. yeah, do you watch the superhero things on CW, Flash, or the Green Arrow? No, I don't. I tried um, to watch Flash, but it was just like it was just this like strange fantasy where like everyone in a position of power is looks like they're sixteen. <laughs> but it's supposed to be twenty five. Ultra mm. pretty super scientists. That's what yeah. I remember that's, from the pilot. Usually, the, usually it's backwards. They're supposed to be sixteen, and they're played by a forty five year old. Yeah, <laughs> probably true. But they, they just seem, they seem like it seems like an entire city um, populated by like nineteen year olds who uh, who are like uh, you know genius scientists. One of them is a superhero, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know. It brings me back to like those like One Tree Hill and shit that like my roommate in college loved to watch. Wait. You like to watch it too. I I watched a little bit of it. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't like superhero uh, anything really. Which Aww. is I know. I know. I You're watched, really not ingratiating yourself. To I know. I you know. <laughs> I okay. I like anything Batman and otherwise no. Mm. Nothing else other than Batman. Pretty not much e- just Batman. I yeah. like X Men sometimes, but like I'm pretty much a Batman guy. What about uh, that movie with the raccoon? Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that what it's called? I believe so. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I liked it. It just, you know... It, it's hard to care about. I'm with you. Stop it. I, oh. Is everyone getting emotional? No. No, okay. I, I watched... Because uh, my girlfriend, huge comic book nerd, far more than I ever have been or will be, loves superheroes, tries to talk about them with me, and uh, I'm just like, well, I know that Batman is... Um, well, he's he's got a belt with things on it, mm-hmm. and he's um, he's good at fighting bad guys, and he doesn't kill them, and that's like the extent of my knowledge. I don't know. I just don't. I can't ever really care that much. But for some reason, Batman does it for me. Yeah, I, I, I was writing something about it recently, and I because uh, this year I discovered um, California marijuana and uh, Amazon Instant Video, which has like the deepest library ever, and mm-hmm. the only HD version of Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. And man, I've watched it like three times <laughs> in wow. 2014. I'm like, I think this, like, when, like, 10 years from now, this is the Batman film that'll hold up the best. Interesting. There's, there's nothing dated about, like, it shows a well, really. Well, it was dated already when yeah, it came out. Cho- it was set in the, like, fake 30s. The, the fake 40s or something like that. And, like, yeah, those, man, because even for, it came out a year after Returns, which mm-hmm. I, I, man, don't, if you think that movie holds up well, just don't watch it again. Don't watch it again. That'll be great. I, uh, am, I the, am I the only one watching Gotham? Oh, I'm I, watching Gotham. I did watch Gotham. No, I am not watching. Are you enjoy? I hear a bunch of terrible things about it. Or, well, it's not I, great. I, I enjoy Gotham. I have a dear friend on Gotham. Oh, so we're gonna. Collusion! See, this but is but but he is he is unequivocally the best part of Gotham. Mm. I'm glad you said that because I was really I was about to say I hate the guy who plays, and then I was going to choose a character, and it would have been awkward. Well, who is it? He plays Penguin. Yeah, the absolute best part of Gotham. You were right. Easily. Uh, I mean, I, I am I'm watching that it's, show. I, I, don't, just, I haven't heard that it sucks. It's just I see in my Facebook feed, finally, tonight's episode didn't suck. Well, it, saw, it was great. I saw a screen cap that turned me off to it, which was like, this is what Gotham considers subtlety. And it was the guy who will be the Riddler holding up a coffee cup with a purple question mark on it. Okay. okay yeah. That yeah, happened. Yeah. You know, they do have a problem with And I think this is actually a problem with a lot of TV in general. Hmm. Uh 
is that they think the audience is a lot dumber than they are, and so they'll kind of yeah. they they talk down to you a little bit. Like I feel like uh, renaming Poison Ivy's character Ivy was a little yeah. bit much, and they call they call uh, Catwoman or the soon to be Catwoman Cat. As, really? Even though she has a name. Um, and that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, oh guys, we get it. We get it. But, <laughs> She's slinking through the night as if she were a cat. But I do think that it's like finding its its tone, its voice. And um, even though I'm biased, I think that Robin Taylor's portrayal of, of Oswald <laughs> Cobblepot is excellent. I do, I do remember, like, he, did, he, did he sell somebody out in the first episode? I'm trying. <laughs> You're trying your Sorry. best, but uh, so I've, been, I've been keeping up. I haven't watched the most recent episode. No, he was working with the criminal organization, and he sold it out to the cops. Gordon, and... Gordon's supposed to kill him. Gordon doesn't kill him, mm. and he ends up kind of going on a murderous adventure and then coming oh, back to regain uh, power. I just it, it felt like a weird Batman Muppet Babies the first episode. Like here's everybody, and they all live under the nanny legs of Jim Gordon. And there's yeah, you, you just see her legs as she walks by. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you just came from Sundance, so what? Like, what are the best movies of the next year? Oh gosh, um, no pressure. That's a, that's a big question. No pressure. It's a huge. Yeah, you never know when, when shit's coming out either. Like, I, I've only been to a couple of film festivals, but like, you'll see something, you'll get really jazzed about it, mm-hmm. and then like a year and a half later, people will see it and they'll be like, "This movie's great," and you're like, "Oh, I forgot about that." Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going to be good this year. Do you know what you enjoyed? I know what I enjoyed. Yeah. I really enjoyed um, Mistress America, the new Noah Baumbach movie. Oh yeah, because ah. um, I'm that guy. Was it very twee or a little less? Twee? It's you know I don't think he's really twee. I think he's usually kind of dark. This was a yeah. little bit. This was a little bit lighter than what he usually does, mm. and I liked that. Um, just a twinge of darkness. I'm looking forward to my girlfriend taking me to see that. It's you know I think that boys it's, and girls can no it's see it. the, it's the movie I would have liked except now I live with I hang out with a bunch of man children who only go see Marvel movies uh, but if you guys propose like let's go see something but that's, like, I don't have to Heidi Heidi likes Bombeck and I'm like mm-hmm. yeah okay we'll go see we'll go see if Francis you guys said Hoffman, hey like, let's go see uh, Grand Budapest Hotel I totally would have like, we we saw it in the, oh man we got to see that in the park so technically mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Have you ever seen a movie in a park? No, I don't do that shit. No, I, well, I love it. It was in Washington Square Park, and I don't know. It was it was like projecting a movie onto a black I, surface. I just don't believe in that. Like in LA, they have these cemetery screenings that are very popular with like horror movies, though, right? No, it's a mix of like it's actually a lot of like eighties and nineties, like or is it? I heard I'm a, making air quotes classics. Um, but I, I heard about it. Does it, 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 someone in the movie have to be buried in that cemetery, or is it just? Just no. a, just a venue that would be at this a, point. That would be a cool little yeah. twist, but that's not accurate. No, oh, projecting <laughs> a movie on your grave. That is such a wonderful idea. I like idea. that. Um, but Sundance, uh, back to me and uh, <laughs> my experiences there. I also really liked um, The Overnight. It's a com- comedy with Adam Scott, Taylor Schilling, Jason Schwartzman. Mm. Oh. I like that. Um, the D Train with Jack Black, surprisingly good. Hmm. Yeah, well, who, who's behind that movie? It's just weird to see him in a Sundance movie. I think it's uh it's like an independent comedy. Okay, um, it seemed like he took like a break or something. Well, he was in Bernie, which is like a uh, that, was, that was excellent. I loved Bernie. Yeah, everyone loves Bernie, and not everyone, but I mean, I feel like Bernie's the one that like like Jack Black. Who knew? Um, no, I knew. I, I knew. I'm, I knew. I'm, <laughs> we all along. Uh, but the over no the over. I remember the, Jack Black in one of my favorite movies, Bob's Roberts, and he is he's like a psychopath, like a a right wing follower of Tim Robbins' uh, folk singer congressman character. And it's a great. It's like one of his first roles. It's awesome. Yeah. I uh, I have a lot of affection for Shallow Hal. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I like. I, I believe that Shallow Hal is like one of the underrated films of our time. Mm. I think that one and the other Fairly Brothers movie, these Outside like these, Providence. No, no the, the the stuck on you one. They like this is an out like a weird kind of comedy, and I don't mm-hmm. you don't see. I, I don't think they were associated with that kind of humor after there's something about Mary. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the D train is about mm. he's uh, he's trying to get uh, James Marsden to come to his high school reunion mm-hmm. in 20 years. Um, and he wants him to come because he's like this actor now, and he thinks that if this hot young actor comes, I mean, I guess it's the same age as everyone else, if the actor comes and everyone else will follow, um, and he goes to L.A. to kind of seduce him into it, and then, like, gay stuff happens. Yes! But sweet... Oh, I don't, I don't even want to say It's not, I mean, it's not, it, it's it's kind of like the Lachlan of the movie, so it's not super a spoiler, but it's mm-hmm. like, he's like a straight married guy, and he just kind of falls in with this, like, hot actor, and there's like a... There's some gayness. Mm, see. It does sound steamy. You said um, yeah, you wrote an article about how it was sort of a sexy uh, Sundance. Uh, there was a lot yeah, what, of there was that one that, that was all over the news, the lesbians drinking pee movie. Whoa, what? I missed that. <laughs> I need to look this up. You went to Sundance and didn't see the I think that's, you went to the wrong movie? URL, dear. No. <laughs> I'm telling that you. That was lesbiansdrinkingpee.tumblr.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. Um, look this up. It, you know, it was actually like a very, you know, there's a Indie movies like to shove it in your face, mm-hmm. by which I mean genitals. <laughs> and I feel like this year, though, I, I have ne- this is my first Sundance, so I can't speak for all Sundances, but this okay. was a very, very sexual Sundance. And so we did like a, a piece, all of us kind of contributed to it, um, all the BuzzFeeders who went, mm-hmm. about kind of the crazy sex scenes that we saw. Really? Like there was because there was that many? Yeah, there really were. I mean, there are a lot of movies there. Because I, I actually don't know a lot about the Sundance process other than what I've read. And like so, those they, they it's people trying to find distributors for their movies. That's part of it. I mean, part some of, of them it? already have this distribution, and it's just to build like they word of mouth. It. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a it's a film festival. Yeah, um, I don't know a lot about why film festivals happen, but I enjoy them. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of movies, though. It's like two hundred movies. And so, how many do you end up seeing a day? Um, you know, I tried to keep it to three. There were some days where I saw wow. four. I was only there for five days. Yeah. Um, so I saw 11 movies total. That's a lot. Um, that just seems like a lot. That's more than I've seen in 2015. It, it is a lot. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's actually incredibly exhausting. And, and also, like, I had this idea that, like, it was, there's, you know, Main Street in Park mm-hmm. City, which is kind of, like, where everything happens. And I thought, like, there are all these theaters, and you just kind of walk down the theaters, and you see movies. But the theaters are all, like, spread out across the city. So it's a lot of, like, busing mm. to different theaters. It's not convenient at all. It's, no, well, that sounds... In my stupid world, like Comic Con, it um, actually reminded me of Comic Con a lot, and that like I loved it, but it was also really stressful exhausting. and I hated everyone. Yes, and I, uh, I I didn't go for the first time in a while this year, and I was like, oh, I wasn't. But it didn't smell like Comic Con. Ah, thank God, because people there understand hygiene, and it's Air outdoors, and it's cold. It's cold, freezing. Uh, it, we had pretty good weather. The first day I got there, like at night, it was in the teens, but after that, it was like in the thirties and forties. So without without context of the plot or characters or, or anything about the movie, what was the weirdest sex scene you saw at Sundance? Um, there is a movie in which um, a mother who is a drug addict and depressive goes into her daughter's bedroom and fucks the daughter's teddy bear on the ground while the daughter's sleeping next to her. Okay. Wow. Wow. Jeez. That's, man, I need to... You can do a little digging and figure out what movie that is, <laughs> but that's as much as I'm going to say. All right. Well, and you interviewed Eli Roth there too, right? I did interview Eli Roth. Yeah. What did was you, he? What was he showing? 
Uh, Knock Knock, his new movie. Okay. So I, I, don't, I was waiting for Green Inferno, and I think they just kind of came here and went really Green Inferno fast. apparently is going to be released at some point. Okay. Oh, so, so it hasn't been released, It hasn't right? been released. Okay. There was like some sort of nightmare distribution. Yeah. Yeah. So Knock Knock is one of those uh, what-if-sexy-girls-were-evil type things. What the, if? The I mean, I think we all know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those like two girls show up at at Kennery's door and they're like wet and 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 you know wet and like they're all over him and it's like really kind of uncomfortable and they're like please have sex with us like you'll cure our cancer they don't say that but it's like as no if way. it's no it's way. like as if they need like it's like that dire like you have to fuck yeah. us like right now or bad things will happen um so he does um and then bad things happen because mm. he has sex with them what so <laughs> it's the it's the trope of evil women using their sexuality to um, I see. to destroy the lives of men. Um, and so kind I, of a constant I, in Eli's work, I would say. Well, like in Hostel, like. Uh, but he. Uh, well, I'm a big I'm a big Eli Roth fan, and I mm-hmm. love the Hostel movies, and so um, and I think Hostel Two is like a feminist masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So I I, I interviewed him mm-hmm. about feminism, which people love when you like. Go to interview and you're like, I'm going to ask you about feminism. Oh, and that, that, <laughs> um, that won't put anybody on edge. But uh, I thought he handled himself pretty well. It yeah. was a fun interview, yeah. and uh, and you know, I, I I let him kind of speak for himself. And mm-hmm. so, um, people who've read it have had very different reactions. And people were like, he he definitely like sounds like a, a upstanding feminist guy. Mm-hmm. And other people are like, he sounds like a total douchebag asshole. But um, he saying- he seemed to like the piece. He retweeted it, so I'm assuming that he didn't hate it. Yeah, and. Um, I you know I was glad to give him like that opportunity to sort of defend himself. Did this movie star the same woman who's been appearing in a bunch of his his stuff? wife his wife Lorenza I, Izzo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what did I see? I saw her in something She's recently. She's in Green Inferno, but um, you would not have seen that. No, because. but I saw her in something else, and that's how I like. Oh, this was she the the um, earthquake movie in Chile, the Shit. aftershock, I believe it's called. I don't know what it was, but she's in that. She, she came to my attention and like, there's a shitload of Eli Roth movies I haven't seen. How did this happen? Well, he wrote Aftershock. I think that's mm. what it's called. Um, mm. He didn't direct it, but that's the one about like an earthquake in Chile and they're underground. I say Chile the proper way because yeah. I'm from Los Angeles. Well, otherwise, and, we're talking beans and you know. I just I, I really feel like it's Iran, important to pronounce things correctly. Chile. I think as a viewer for me, I was turned. I, I maybe I got turned off to Eli Roth because I identified him with the characters he would play in Tarantino films. Like, wait, his character in Death Proof, who is just like the broiest douche ever, or Cabin like, Fever. Uh, that too. Professor yeah. of being a dog. It's a great line. Piranha 3D. Yeah. yeah. And and also that I heard, like, the guy who's... The character in The Girl Next Door, who is an mm-hmm. asshole, was supposed to be based on him. Like, was inspired by him. The one who becomes a film director at the end of the movie in the, and, the Eliza Cuthbert film, Girl Next Door. Yeah. That classic. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I found him to be very charming. Um, and I've heard good things about him. Mm-hmm. I think that he definitely plays up the douchebagness. Like, that's... I mean, that's the role he plays in movies. Yeah, like he can be good at it. I'm identifying the actor with his characters. That's Unbelievable, the, That's Henry. a mistake to Well, one thing that. we talked about that didn't make it into the um, final piece is that, like, you know... I think he learned from QT. That's Quentin Tarantino. Oh. Um, <laughs> he didn't say QT. I'm just being an asshole. Um, is that like the characters? Like, if you have a character who's racist, like that doesn't mean that you're racist. You're not. You're mm-hmm. not sympathizing with that character or judging the character. You're presenting that character, and so I feel like that's sort of the idea. Like he can play this like misogynist asshole, and perhaps it doesn't mean that he's a misogynist asshole. And or that the director, or writer is a misogynist mm-hmm. asshole. Make a negative statement towards. 
That's listen. I think it can go both both ways. I'm not going to take a stand here. I'm going to be wishy washy. I need you to take a stand. <laughs> well, I'm not. The internet uh, demands you I'm take stands. Literally on sitting right now. There's only two sides to everything, and it's the internet. <laughs> but you also and have to hear both sides. Yes, you have to hear um, both sides before you can yell. I'm sorry. I've, oh God! All these Twitter platitudes being thrown at me lately. Look what it's done. Look what it's done to it's me. It's ruining. I'm us. afraid to feel. <laughs> I think we all are. No, but you're you're uh, like. You love Twitter, right? I love Twitter. Saying? I love feeling. <laughs> I I am slowly getting back into it after a, a year or two of pure Twitter torture. Um, working at an organization where people yell at you all day long. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get back into it. And all these guys knew you from Twitter. Yeah, I mean, my defense for Twitter is just to tweet nonsense, garbage, and you got garbage me, piss. You got me into that with the dream, our dumb little dream roll. Yeah. Yes, our a meme that never left this house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was awesome. We often try to start hashtags between us, and then it's just us, and it just looks. That like usually two goes really well. Yeah. <laughs> we don't try to start them; we just start. Tweeting well, yeah, we weren't even, very we weren't even talking to one another. We were in different rooms and <laughs> tweeting dream rolls. And my favorite dream role was like, I want to be the Asian woman in the Jackie Chan movie who starts slapping him after he falls through the ceiling. That is that, <laughs> sure. That is who I want to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I wanted to be like the the you know like old guy who, when the hero wins, goes woo, and then quickly composes himself because he's, that's not that's unlike him. That's he's, not him. Yeah. 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 But he's he's just overcome with excitement because the hero has um, uh, won the dog competition or whatever. Well, I believe in you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Always, I want to be the guy who interrupts the screaming general to tell <laughs> that the monster is right in front of us. And the just guy who talks to uh, what? We, not we, now. Get me the but General David Statham. I need to. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, holy shit! Any thoughts on Godzilla? I'm just curious. Did not see it. <laughs> holy shit! Oof. I saw it in the theater and loved it, and I saw it on a plane. I'm like. This is fucking terrible. Well, I, that's a, I mean, that feels like a movie that you probably should see in theaters. But I, I, I saw, felt slightly tricked by it too when I saw I saw it in theaters and loved it, and then when I saw it on a plane, I was fast forwarding through most of it because I'm like, I, I I don't need the delayed gratification of, yes, of Godzilla anymore. I've seen the stuff you do at the it's end. It's a movie I want to solely that. based on anticipation, and when and that's away, and you know what to expect. Holy fuck, mm. that was so. I was so upset by how boring that was, and I'm on a plane where like a plane makes me enjoy things way more than I normally right. would. And I was I was legitimately upset. Holy shit! What a boring movie. So how do you deal like? So my way of using Twitter is just to tweet garbage, piss, stupid. Like <laughs> I tweeted a joke about pee this morning, and not really tweet about I'm my articles or my edit. Yeah, my work. And the thing about Twitter is it's always there. It's You're not self promoting enough. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't tweet about my articles too much unless I really like it because I'm just used to like. Okay, that- now 18 people are gonna come and say. You're a giant asshole. Why is it Kill hard yourself. for me now to, to tweet articles that I write? But you do. Am tweet. I psychoanalyzing you? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Can, Deconstruct that, is, our problems. Is that easy for you? No, I'm saying you tweet about stuff you write, and you probably get as much or more garbage. I mean, like from idiots on Twitter. I don't get that much garbage. No? Really? That's no, good. I really don't. Um, Might be because he doesn't cover video games. Uh, <laughs> that could be part of it. No, you know, honestly though, I'm very, um, I'm very honest on Twitter. I've always been really honest. I've always been really upfront about. Everything. I'm a sensitive, gentle soul, mm-hmm. and I don't try to hide that. Um, and people are pretty much not dicks to me in like a surprising way. Really? Um, I <laughs> See do. How baffled I am by that? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I do ask FM, which is you know anonymous questions. Yeah. Um, and when I first got on there, there were some people who were saying shitty things, but also like really boring shitty things, like you're fat and a bad writer. And I was like, okay, like I can do better than that. <laughs> um, and then it kind of like fizzled out, and now it's people who are genuinely interested or mm. I get a lot of advice people asking me advice about like relationships for whatever reason even though I'm very single um, 
but yeah, no, I, I feel like... It's all going to change after the laser time push, but Well, yeah. I know. That's why I'm, you know... Um, <laughs> but, but I, yeah, it gen- generally speaking, people are nice to me online, and it's weird, and I like it. That's... But you, you realize that's strange, right? Especially when you're someone who presents their opinion on things. I do. I do realize that's strange. On BuzzFeed, too, which is like a controversial well, website at times. But do you guys have a policy on dickheads? Like, what do you mean? I don't know. I thought I saw I read, saw some. Well, there was that great. There was a screen cap of like, hey, you guys are writing about too much feminist stuff on BuzzFeed. Are you guys feminists or something? And then they replied, yes, we are. And yes, like, I, we we just released our um our our um our guidelines, and I'm not using the right terminology, which is bad. And I hope that my editors don't hear this. But yeah, we released our our company policies, our editorial standards, mm-hmm. and um, you know, one of the things that we don't take um political stances on things mm-hmm. as a news organization except for things that we don't believe that there are two sides to so like marriage equality we don't believe there is another side <laughs> there to you it. go this um, is not a fake election thing right now we are There's we are we know we are i i don't know if everyone about who identifies as a feminist but i do and i've never been told not to um so there are certain things that are like kind of go beyond politics and i think that that's um I, I did try and say that during that election you're like guys it's impossible to care this much about marriage equality it's weird you to think just, that even in 2008, like yes, just 2008, it, it would look like a scene from like a 1960s film about the end of segregation. You like will now, be so like, embarrassed yeah. by by taking an, an anti stance on this because like you're making me have to take. I'm pro, like I don't give a fuck about marriage, and you're making me have to think about this. Stop it. Stop it. Let people get married. I don't know. I just thought it was. How can you be against this? What do you care? Anyway, I'm boring the fuck out of people. No, I was just thinking about how I want to marry you. No. Oh. <laughs> well, wow, with that, I think we should go take a little bit of a break, um, and we will be right back with more Louis Pipeman. I didn't say that right at all. Somebody <laughs> else throw a break. The list happened. That was weird. It was, it was a beer bubble. Throw a break, Henry. Oh, hey, uh, we'll be back. We're talking about horror things with Ooh! Louis Pipeman. Less concert. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the episode. Hope you PAX Easters had a good trip and welcome home. Sorry I couldn't be there. Missed my second PAX East in a row. Bummer! But I hope you're enjoying this episode with uh, Lewis Peitzman. You can follow him at lewispeitzman. Probably should because he's got more followers than any of us combined, I believe. Funny dude on Twitter. Check him out. You know what? I wanted to plug something specific this week. We always give a plug to lasertimepodcast.com. No, no, hold on. Where we'll be also be streaming uh, Devil May Cry, the definitive edition, this this Tuesday at 3 o'clock, 3 to 4 Pacific, sometime around there. Join me and Dave. If you missed it last week, we did yes, because you demanded it, the Clay Fighter trilogy. But yes, at lasertimepodcast.com, you can find our other shows like Cape Crisis, Vigigam Apocalypse, VG Empire, and Cheap Popcast. But I wanted to give a shout-out to some of the contributors and a bunch of the stuff that's been going up there lately. Because normally, uh, some would say rather narcissistically, I only plug my shit. Like the uh, write-up of the Avengers trailer that I did, or the community... God damn, that community trailer. It's good. You see the community trailer yet? Oh, man. It's got Keith motherfucking David, man. Keith David? I'll stop. I'll stop. Because right now it's time to plug some of the other contributors. Because if you go to lasertimepodcast.com, there's a bunch of cool features that have gone up lately, including some parting words for the um, to the Saturday morning cartoon from Night Dehumidifier, 
Uh, Keeper13 is asking, what is the naked gun of video games? Ryan Hodge in his regular play slash write series is asking, um, what silent protagonists teach us about environmental storytelling? These are super insightful looks at uh, someone who makes video games. Um, and John Watt, of course, has his regular comic reviews up. And this t- this week he's looking at uh, Princess Leia and the all-new Hawkeye. And if you, and thanks to Lewis's appearance, if you're feeling a little buzzfeed you can go there and check out the laser feed. Something really funny Brennan Hess came up uh, what it's like using blood magic for the first time. Really funny. Thank you for that, Brennan Hess. GIF happy article. you got to love that. Um, and, of course, last but not least, I wanted to give a big shout-out to uh, Laser Time Tony Curtis. Uh, or Laser Tony. Yeah, you might know him on, on the website. Uh, he's got his regular Saturday Night Live... He's got his regular Saturday Night Live... Um, he's got his regular Saturday Night Live recap up there. I might have missed this week due to Paxing. But also his uh, Laser List for world-changing movie Easter eggs. You can find that at youtube.com slash lasertimenetwork along with all of our other videos that we put up every single goddamn week that most of you don't ever see. And I have to plug it here because more people listen to podcasts that never go to the website of the YouTube channel. Yes, it's fair. That's why we do it. Fine, not going to ask you for any money this week. Even though you can donate through the website and buy the shop through our Amazon, I'll let it go because I'd much rather you stop by lasertimepodcast.com just once this week poke around for a while back to the show it's a time second segment welcome back everybody what are you Lewis Louis Lewis. <laughs> Lewis, what are you, ta- call me. what are you in town for? What were you doing in town? I'm here for Sketchfest, yeah. the uh, comedy festival. It's like the 15th one of those. But you, you had a show that you hosted? Yeah, I do a storytelling show in LA that we brought uh, to Sketchfest. It's uh, called Cheaper Than Therapy. Yeah. And uh, we have storytellers who are our patients. Uh, I co-host with Sarah Thayer. We are the, the therapists. And uh, we... We know we, we have people talk about their neuroses, and then we diagnose them. Mm. <laughs> well, Sarah Thar is like a UCB veteran, and she was on, uh, I remember her best as Coach Cherry Wolf on Strangers yeah. with Candy. That's right. Do you have to disclaim that you are not, in fact, oh, no, she has a She has a podcast well, now that's kind of like She does that, have a right? podcast, yeah, called Crybabies. Yes. This is yes. Marlene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great or podcast. are you a doctor? And I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, no, I'm not a doctor. We don't prescribe medication either. Um, <laughs> Wait, do you have a podcast? No, I don't have a podcast. Come on. So I know. What the hell? Working on it. I live in L.A. now. That is the home of podcasts. I am working on, on possibly having a podcast <gasps> at some point. <gasps> you heard it here first. That's an, that's a, that's an exclusive. It's breaking news. Mm-hmm. It maybe will, could possibly happen. But you do a stage show, which is what? Is it actual therapy or... No, I mean, no. Uh, it's like, That was a dumb question. <laughs> that was a, that was a really dumb you know, question. It wasn't the smartest question. It wasn't. Um, it was very Larry King of me, and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, we do, you know, people get a little bit, like, real on like yeah. at the show. I mean, we, we you know, it's a, it's a storytelling show, so it's mm-hmm. supposed to be funny, but people have talked about serious issues, and we're not, you know, we're, we're a supportive environment. We've talked about all sorts of things, and... We take it seriously. Yeah. As seriously as you can take mm. these things. Well, did you have what, a good show last night? I had a great show last night. Uh, who, who was there? Who'd you have on? Who was there? <laughs> that was a dumb uh, question, too. I'm working on it. No, no. <laughs> Diagnose <not>. me. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we had uh, Drew Drogi, who's uh, a friend. Chloe Savengi. A friend. He, he does Chloe videos. Yes. Uh, Drew is a friend of the show. He's done it twice now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had April Richardson. Mm. Um, Stephanie Weir. 
Um, I'm gonna forget someone. Matt Bronger. Um, I'm totally gonna forget someone. I am forgetting someone. Dave Hill. Oh, Dave Hill, he's great. And they're all, they're all great. If I didn't say somebody is great, they are still great. I just. <laughs> uh, well, yes. Everyone's I, think, I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm so sorry if I left someone and out. You do this Everyone's in LA great. on a monthly basis? Well, yeah, we do it every month in LA. They're, they're we definitely just had, we, listening, so. <laughs> we just did one in LA like, la, uh, right before I went to Sundance. We did one. Um, so it's been a lot. Of cheaper than therapy. Doing, I'm doing the best I can to send our dozen uh, LA, greater LA area listeners to send them to the show. Well, yeah, where is it uh, normally located? It is at uh, Bar Lubitsch in West Hollywood. We do it mm-hmm. the middle Wednesday of the month, which is a weird, <laughs> you know, it kind of changes, but thereabouts, middle Wednesday. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's mm. $10, just so you guys know. Bring Ten. cash. Ooh, that, that's a, yeah, that's a deal know. breaker. Well, but so- it's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, here we go. I wanted to ask you because I, I have felt the same way. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> oh, great, thank yes. you. Yeah, yeah you, we do have a laugh track. Um, he'll add more later. Don't worry. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, I've always thought like I would love to tell stories and do stand up and stuff. And like these two, Henry and, and Chris, have like done a class and like have had the balls to go up and do stuff and like. We temporarily had the balls. We have, we haven't been on stage in a while. Well, so, I, but like you've said, you have that sort of stage fright, or, or you worry about doing that, but you want to do it. And I feel like I'm in the same situation. But you do this show. Yeah, and, it's a matter of just doing it. Honestly, I mean, I I was really scared. I think the first show I ever did was, God, um, Star Search. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I did like you know plays when I was in like middle school, <laughs> you, you know. So I did that, and then I kind of for a long time was afraid to get on stage and then I was going to New York for something or other and a, a friend was like I'm doing a storytelling show do you mm-hmm. want to do a, a story um, and I said yes without thinking about it which was I think dumb but also great because then I had to do it yeah um, and since then I've just been performing whenever people ask me and um, it's you know it's nerve wracking before going on and then once I'm up there I feel really comfortable that's it. I found when the more I prepare and the more I try and get out what I have prepared, the more awkward I'm going to look on stage. And the more I'm struggling to say something, the less I'm concerned with how I look and right. how, how I appear to the audience. Well, when I do a storytelling show, like when I'm telling a story, mm-hmm. I do like rehearse it and plan it very hey, carefully. Really? Yeah, but when I'm doing this show with Sarah, I don't prepare anything. Mm. I mean, we just get up there and, and riff, and I thought that would be harder, but it's actually really a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um you kind of have to like accept that you are if not naturally funny then at least like naturally charismatic or something assume that you have some sort of stage presence yeah um and kind of let that carry you and hopefully that works i think if people are coming back you assume that you do um but yeah not overthinking it is a big part of it thinking about how many listeners we've lost this year i think this is yeah the the (laughs) last people we had on this show also told us like stop overthinking these things yeah i think we need to learn this lesson in our lives um yeah i don't i don't know where that came because it's a new thing i'm afraid to talk to cashiers when i have to purchase something i overthink everything all the time (laughs) i'm not i am ashamed when i talk to cashiers now because i live in my house and don't speak to human beings till 6 p.m and four times i have taken how was your day 
as a literal reason to tell someone everything I'm doing in my room alone. And right, it's, it's awful. The Walking Dead said they won't hire me because I've never written before. And like, oh man, they don't want to hear any of that shit. They don't. Dude, they, no, they, they don't. They're being polite. But I, I, I've um, no, I've been there too. When I was uh, living in Berkeley, mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. when I was freelancing, I, w- I would like not leave the house. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I mean, I would go to a coffee shop and write, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And I had very little human interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, part of why I moved back to LA was because I was like in Berkeley writing all day going back to my apartment getting stoned and watching movies which is a fine existence for like a little while mm-hmm. but not for two years yeah well mm. yeah ten, <laughs> nine months uh, it, you got some time what uh, like uh, I have to ask which do you prefer the Bay Area or LA oh I mean LA because you're mm. from there I don't know why there needs to be a I feud I don't know here. if that's the reason this like, is a dumb feud uh, I've only been to LA without a car so my life always sucks Okay. Kind of Listen, I, I mean, yes, I am biased. I was born and raised in L.A. Um, I also, it bums me out because L.A. does not have this, like, it is a very one-sided feud with everyone. Like, we love New York. We love San Francisco. Yes. There's, like, no problem. And yet, like, you people just fucking hate us. <laughs> I think um, everybody hates us. Because you have everything. San Francisco is actually worse than New York in terms of, like, the hatred I get for L.A. I mean, when I was moving down there, I had friends who were, like, moving to the cesspool uh. of, like... Yeah, everything horrible, mm-hmm. and I was like, "It's actually a great place." I don't hate L.A. For me, it's an mm-hmm. irrational sports feud that none of you <laughs> care about. Uh, it's just that mm-hmm. irrational, like, "Well, your team beat our team, and, but we have a better team." So, not me. It's very real yeah. Hatfield McCoy shit. No, well, <laughs> well, for me, when we like my main times I've been in L.A. have been for video game events, which are always in downtown L.A. And I'm there without a car, and so and it's I, just like, wow, downtown L.A. like sucks. I always tell that like, they shot. <laughs> the beginning of the Omega Man there and they're like how did you get those desolate shots of Charlton Heston tooling around the city he's like it was Sunday <laughs> nobody was there I mean if you don't have a car it's terrible yeah. and, I, and I, I didn't you know I didn't get my license until I was 22 so growing wow. up was Whoa. weird um, but I, I felt bad that I like was 18 when I got my license but. yeah no I'm a, I'm a real loser I think it was like <laughs> I think so, it was like 19 that or 20 sounded wrong I'm I didn't have anywhere to go either um, and then I got my license and it was great because I grew up in San Jose where it's it's like the second most populous city next to LA in, in California and it's just to spread out so I feel like I can relate to that experience of like I, I could I could take a bus to the mall Mm-hmm. And then, like, take a bus back. But I calling my mom on the payphone to get a ride home, that was uh, common. like vomiting when I the bus to the mall. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the mall was the only place to shop yeah. in San Jose. Like, there was nothing else. I had a lot of rides from mom, but also friends who were just, like, accepted that for the pleasure of my company, you had to pick, <laughs> yeah, me, up. Yeah. Had to pick me up. That was I, that was. I, I had agreeable friends I like never that, thought too. of this until, like, four years ago. Mm-hmm. My friend had a... I, we were 15... And he made friends with a 27-year-old man at his church, and he would drive us around all day. So a man approaching um, his 30s would drive around these 14 and 15-year-old children. What was in it for him? I don't want to describe him, but just if you have to think of like a stereotypical person who ends up, you know... Just, Forcibly fingering a child, like that's what he looked like. Sure. And, like I cannot, be- I can't. What <laughs> decade did I grow up in where somebody that? somebody allowed me to like get in this giant awful seventies? But you know, he never fingered you. With it, not- I don't know that. I could be repressing it. Wait a minute. All right, cross checking. No, I'm good. I'm, I think. Okay. I think. Let's assume that it was on. It was on the up and up. He was just. <laughs> he just happened to have that. It's look not about even. Him. It's not even what how he looked. It's that he met him in church. 
that's the that uh, that's the really scary part to me. Okay. I don't I don't know why. Sorry, fly over. Uh, but but in, okay, it's in the LA Bay Area war. I've been <laughs> noticing I've been noticing a shift in some perception with my friends of like. They're, they used to be, oh, Bay Area is way better than L.A., but now, like, uh, these Google and Facebook assholes are ruining the Bay Area. I want to move to L.A. now. I, like, I just, I have a bike, and everything I want is in walking distance. Like, I can just... That's, I'm, that's the San Francisco lifestyle. My, yeah. my poor dad, who's from the South Bay, where, again, suburban, you have to drive everywhere. Yes. He's trying to, he's trying to plan a surprise 30th birthday <laughs> party for me Why? with all my friends. And so he tells my, my girlfriend about this, and then... She, of course, just tells me immediately, your dad's trying to plan a surprise birthday party. He wants all your friends to come Ta-da. an hour drive away to Sunnyvale to do something. And I'm like, we just walk to bars and get drunk. None of my friends have cars or yeah. right. any way to get down there. So my dad doesn't understand why, like, like I think he thinks I have no friends because basically I'm telling him through my girlfriend who he's planning the surprise through that nobody's going to go to Sunnyvale. Right, uh, an hour away. It's Sunnyvale, also. <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, hey, hey! I don't know anything about it except my iPhone always defaults to it as a primary location. Mm. Well, why does uh, it? Do that? It's, I know. it's where Buffy hang hung out, and uh, not quite <laughs> Sunnydale. Uh, but hey, people say that uh, Sunnydale might have been yeah. based on Sunnyvale. How about that? Wait, that reminded me. Uh, a little while ago, we did commentary packs. <laughs> Um, for horror movies, oddball entries and horror yeah, films. Three, and we did Halloween yeah. three, um, Halloween three, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part five, and Freddy two. And Henry had sent me an article that you did about something is about uh, Freddy two. Never noticed the what the movie was actually about. It's pretty gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you missed that. Uh, well, I was so. I was seven. I was no, excuse, we no wa- excuses, no excuses. Which, which, and we wa- I which was my it, gayest period. I, I watched it on TV as a kid, too, so it was the TV edit, so a lot of the like naked male flesh was is edited out of it, too. So maybe that's why I missed that's it. That's probably but. why. I just can't believe it took like 20 years for this. Or was that something like you recognized immediately when you saw it? I, I, watched like it, I watched it in a college course. and like it was really? Yeah, and it was like all about the subtext. I mean... That was sort of what we talked about, and that mm-hmm. was, that that was intentional from the screenwriter. It was intentional, yeah. I mean, he lied about it forever, and he got a, I, but it flew over my head for so long. Do you think he was like the Gore Vidal of, of, <laughs> comic, of, uh, of our New Line Cinema? I mean, that guy, the screenwriter, kind of sucked. I mean, what happened was um, <laughs> the uh, they they basically blamed Mark Patton, the star of the movie, for making yeah. it gay. Too, um, yeah, and they sort gay. of they sort of threw him under the bus, and he he like left Hollywood and. Wow. Um, it was only when they were doing the documentary about the series and they mm-hmm. brought him back that he was like, Mark, they found Mark Patton who was mm-hmm. like kind of living his own life and he said like, I'll only talk about this if you get the screenwriter to admit that it was all intentional, <laughs> which he did. Oh. But it, it, like he had to actually like say like, this is bullshit. Like it's been 20 years, 30 <laughs> years now. Um, oh, it's terrible that he got like scapegoated as like, oh, this gay guy made it gay. It wasn't, right, he didn't right. mean to do this. Well, like, just uh, for me, it would, like reading that it was intentional, it's like, studying film and like you you watch high noon and like that's like some weird allegory for the black the communist blacklisting and like written by someone discreetly who is hiding from fucking mccarthyism and like yeah i can't believe that ever happened and like wait what the fuck i lived through this i lived through something else like that and didn't even notice 
Well, the, I I think a lot of like Freddie fans rejected that one as like the worst one because yeah, I didn't like Freddie's off brand in yeah, it. Yeah, because he doesn't like, do so Freddie things. Yeah. He doesn't do Freddie things, and that's why I thought it. Like, and I, it's cheap, like it almost like it's yeah. a TV show budget nearly. Like yeah, I mean, there's a lot wrong with it as a movie, a movie, and a Elm movie, but like as a standalone like queer subtext film, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I like that even at the end of the movie, like, it felt like such a tacked on thing of like, oh no, he does like girls now. Like, that she kisses him and it gets away the Freddy demon. But then at the end, when they're on the bus, he's like, oh, man, remember Freddy? Like, he's, he still is very, he wants to remember Freddy. Yeah, and Freddy wins. And Freddy wins. <laughs> Freddy always, like, it also just had the, the always kind of lame Freddy twist of like, I'm not really dead, ha ha. Okay, so I missed it in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Is there anywhere else I missed it in the 80s, this kind of subtext? Gay, of gay stuff? Yeah. Uh, there was... Uh, fuck, I don't... There's What is that movie where the um, He-Man and all that stuff... Masters of the Universe? Yeah, that's pretty gay. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, just because it... Well, what, you mean when Frank Langella is whipping He-Man? Oh, yes, that, was, that is a... With a laser whip? Yes, that is a gay, gay <laughs> that, movie. That was pretty. Yeah. Why did I love He Man so much? Well, <laughs> I don't. I, well, that. Well, Batman and uh, Batman Forever, not Batman and Rama. Batman and Rama was like so in your face about it, but Batman Forever, I had to read an article about it in like '99. I'm like, no, it's really gay. Like they, but they're talking it, about how they're partners. Like, like we're not just we're not just friends. We're huh. partners. Grass pants. I mean, I know it's it's like super camp now. Well, no, but I mean, like, literally, like, Robin. Robin's a 19-year-old man who lives in his house. Like, he's not it's a boy. Ward. Yeah. <laughs> it's what the ambiguously gay duo is based on. <laughs> well, it, no, the ambiguously gay duo is based specifically on one Green Lantern cartoon. Oh, okay, yes. Like, if you watch the first ambiguously gay duo cartoon... I knew Henry would cartoon, correct me, so... If you watch the first ambiguously gay duo cartoon, then watch his old Filmation Green Lantern cartoon. Like, they took scene for scene. They just redrew several scenes of, like... There, he literally had a made-up sidekick who who rode on his back. Yes, like, I have definitely seen that. <laughs> yes. but, but anyway, yeah, the the Batman and Robin felt like Chris O'Donnell had like an earring. Like Joel Schumacher knew exactly what he was doing. But like, Batman and Robin being gay together is not like a new idea. I mean, hardly that, new. There, there was that psychologist who wrote a whole book about how they were damaging right? the youth by being this like total gay. And that wasn't like the fifties. Yeah, I don't 19, want to it say was, it wrong, but it some, was yeah. 1954. Dr. Frederick <laughs> Wernheim, Wortham, Wortham, I think. Wortham. He wrote "Seduction of the Innocent," and it was about, in general, how comic books were ruining kids of like crime comics and sex comics, and then and then gay stuff. And the crux of his gay argument was these two confirmed bachelors that do sleep in the same bed and have an English butler. And so one of their first moves they did was, sleep in the same bed. There were there were panels. This is what it's what guys <laughs> did back then. Abraham Lincoln did it with that guy he had sex with. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. And so then this is turning into an episode of my comic book podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, they they went through this whole like degayification of Batman, mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, kill off Alfred, and now they have Aunt B, who like is this woman that lives with them. They don't sleep in the same bed, and let's also make up. Way more female characters to interact with Batman and Robin. Like, let's get rid of. And then, and then Alfred came back. They eventually brought Alfred back. Yeah, when they, I think they felt safe. He went through reorientation. (laughs) Well, he was so old on Batman sixty (laughs) six that there was no sexual connotation. It's impossible to be sexy. I don't. Well, that's such a like a fifty stereotype of like all these rich gays with their butlers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But well, maybe in Hollywood at the time, 
Yeah. It seems like you could, it was a decent place Although to be out. Although if you were rich and gay, wouldn't you have a hot young butler, a houseboy? Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have a butler, you'd I have guess, a houseboy. I guess Robin's is houseboy, I suppose. I'm trying to, there was a movie about houseboys I used to see on HBO all the time. I was propositioned in an oh. airport to be I, a houseboy. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. You, should you said no? Him. No, wait, you were propositioned by a houseboy. Like a guy who that's had been, who, he oh, had been living with a dude. Yeah. He was like, well, I'm going back to the Bay Area, but if you want to hook up... Well, I he think would, he asked, like, I think he was basically saying, like, you could be number two. Uh, what, what's, what is, oh, God, what is the master in the houseboy equation called? I'll delete all this. Because um, <laughs> uh, um, that's what he was looking for you. He needed you to be the Bruce Wayne to his Alfred. Because uh, he, he came out no. here to be a houseboy. No, he was right. going to teach, I figured he was going to teach Tyler the ways of being a houseboy. It's yeah. not kung fu. Well, is you it? know, it's, a, it's an art form. It's like being a geisha. <laughs> yeah, which was terrifying. We went to Japan and I saw one. And it's like that looks like a ghost. What is? <laughs> and, and I was I was shocked. Wait, like remember? Were you, no, you weren't there in Kyoto. Like, because I'm asking, like, are are these? Are they prostitutes? What does a geisha they, do? No, they're professional friends. Like, sex isn't. <laughs> I don't know if sex. Like, I'm not a geisha expert, but sex is not an explicit thing in geisha stuff. It's just companionship. Like. And they're taught. Okay. Did you read Memoirs of a Geisha? I did not, but I'm just. Look who you're talking to, okay. man. Was Spider Man in that? <laughs> then I didn't read it. I mean, I mean, I think the idea isn't it like you know they're just they're professional companions, and if they give you a friendly hand job, that's just <laughs> part of their way. You don't speak of it, but it's like yeah. Uh, any any good friend will give you a hand job. Yeah, it's like when you wake up and your buddies right. wash your car, especially mm. a professional friend. <laughs> I mean, if you're a pro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, with your, your writing, new subject. I, <laughs> Are we done with this? Okay. No, I, I I like reading your stuff about horror in general. Like I was really into horror, and yeah. and uh, in youth, like, did you have like just campy things you watched, or as like just gay escapism as a teen? Like that, like were you into? I was definitely into anime and Dawson's Creek and and things like that. I was like, oh, I'm I'm recognizing gay stuff. I mean, I think that it wasn't until. When I was like 16, I guess I got into Buffy, and that was like mm-hmm. sort of it for me. That's like the one every, yeah, of our generation. I feel like I'm not into Buffy enough for, for, gay, for being gay. I watched the whole series uh, again recently. It's, it's a lovely, lovely little trip. And especially when it gets really gay. <laughs> but I mean, like, that was, you know, I, I, I did not, and, and horror in general, I didn't pick up on until much later. And I, mm-hmm. and I wrote about, I don't know if you, the article that you read was the one about being a gay horror fan. Yeah. But it yeah. was, um, I was terrified of like Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. for the longest time, and I was scared of much like pretty much. I would not watch horror. Um, I like wanted to watch it, but I was definitely just too scared. And then in college, I got really, really into it, and now really? it's yeah. But wait, are you saying as as gay escapism? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Henry's saying that. No, I no, was... there's there, there's certainly <laughs> an aspect of that. I mean, yeah, there's there's like a there's a subtext to it, and a lot yeah. of a lot of gay men are very very into horror. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, sort of like a fantasy. So like well, he is, guy, like... yeah. Um, uh, my old boss, uh, uh, who's gay, like he, I mean, he would recommend me a new horror film every week, and I never considered that that was anything like that. Uh, Mm-hmm. I, now I'm sounding like insensitive and weird because I'm like I have a gay definitely, friend definitely. who uh, but, who likes horror too. Oh. Is that like you? <laughs> Are you like him? Are you guys friends? Do you know each other? We should date. Well, just something <laughs> you should. I, I never thought of. And like someone I'll had pointed out later. recent. Uh, I used to love horror films because I wasn't scared of them. 
And now I get scared. I, for some reason, I get scared, and my well, own the mortality torture stuff like, is too real me. for me. That's that's when it. When I I miss the magic. I, I miss magical, unkillable things. Not just you don't like. Oh no, this guy. Porn? This guy you met. He could oh, you torture you to him? death and cut off your ear or something. You don't like, like martyrs. That was like hostile. Love was martyrs. Like, <laughs> I love it. Love French, French extremist horror is the best. Ah. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's what I it's heard. Great. It's like it's just that one's really outrageously gory. Oh, they like skin a person. It's it's amazing. Uh, wonder is there what's the modern horror movies that I'm, we might be missing out on? Um, mo- like modern modern. Last mm. I would say last like ten years. Like because that's how long it's been for me. Um, well, I do a list of the best horror <laughs> every. Oh, you year. do? Yeah. Well, so I, I'm um, sorry, I didn't see that. But what's what? 2014 hooked me up. Um, let's see. What did I have on there? I had a lot of stuff that wasn't like horror horror. Like mm-hmm. my number one was um, a girl walks home alone at night, which is a vampire, a running vampire movie. Which is not to watch it. It's not like it's it sounds not, like one of the first Edison films. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, <laughs> it's not like horror horror, but it's 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 great uh, in terms of like slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I should I should know my own list. I, I think that that's what I did find appealing back in the day was we, we did a, a show on it called Horror Heroes where like the, the real centerpiece were the villains mm-hmm. were the bad guys yeah. and I, I, does that even happen anymore? Well because they were the ones who were like in everything yeah like, well, well they Freddy, were in each Freddy film they just quippy. get new victims every movie I mean I, I will like Nightmare on Elm Street was for fucking children and Freddy is like this weird excuse to do a Looney Tunes episode every five minutes right and I love but he's that he's a guy it. who murdered children he and is. like implied Molested, and I've said that a billion times. I was such a, I was very scared of Freddy invading my dreams, but I had a plan. No, I will sell out all of my friends and be Freddy's partner in order to stay alive. Actually, incredibly like sociopathic and. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not proud of this. I'm not proud of this. You just brought it up, so you must be a little bit proud. No, no, no. But I mean, that was my reaction, like to how I was scared to it. Like, uh, no, I'll just help him out. I'll, I'll just do some favors for him, and he'll spare me. And now I can keep watching. Well, now we know who to trust and hopefully uh, in, a, in a disaster situation. Hopefully he won't turn me into a motorcycle. Or trap me in a roach motorcycle. What did you think of uh, uh, the Babadook? I like the Babadook. I like the Babadook, too. It sounds like an SNL sketch right now. What, what is, is this? Yeah, this... Have you ever seen the Babadook? No. The Babadook. The Babadook. Say it again. Babadook. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You know what? Babadooks, I feel like, been, I, I liked it. I will say, the movie that I watched most recently, the mm-hmm. horror film that I thought was great... Is it follows, which mm-hmm. was at Sundance, but it premiered at Con, I believe, mm-hmm. and it was um, it it will be out this year, mm-hmm. and it's about um, a girl has sex with a guy, like like some people do, gross, yeah, I know, gross, sticky, um, and he and he tells her, um, just so you know, you've contracted this this like this thing, and um, it's like a, a creature that can that basically it follows you. It's hard to it's really hard to explain. But um, it can appear as anyone, and it just kind of appears in your peripheral vision, and it gets closer and closer to you. So it's yeah. a sexually transmitted demon, basically. Wow. And it's it's actually terrifying. Wow. It is very very scary. What's it called again? It follows. It follows. I need. Okay, to I think it sounds like a commentary it. on the HPV epidemic. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I only know about that from watching girls. <laughs> but I think I've... I think it will be like a very buzzy movie when it comes out because it's just very. It's like you know um, the cast are mostly unknowns. It's very mm-hmm. simple, straightforward story. Um, but there's something just really scary about people talking, and in the background you see kind of someone getting closer and closer. Completely. And um, I just got little goosebumps. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's it's. It's fucking it, scary. That was one of my favorite X-Files episodes. It was some assassin that couldn't be seen. Well, he was invisible just because he was always in your blind spot. Well, he, he right? could only see... I believe him. the episode was called Blind Spot. 
<laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, see, I'm so glad someone who's an expert here is here because I vaguely remember it. Um, Were you, you, I'm guessing you were an X Files fan. Then. Yeah, but la- later in life, I, in college, I watched all of it. Ah, I see. No, you, uh, what were you there? watching in high school then? Like, I was watching. I mean, Buffy later on. I don't, uh, Everwood on uh, the WB. <laughs> Everwood. Were you yeah. a Dawson's Creek fan? I was not a Dawson's Creek fan. Oh, I missed out on that. Sorry, Henry. Once I saw Scream, I was like, oh, he has a show about teenagers? Which like, That don't on? kill each other? It was WB. Oh, it was Williams. like the quintessential yeah. WB show. Yeah. We didn't have WB. Oh, really? Yeah, or UPN growing up in my What, you didn't have UPN? How did you watch Star Trek reruns? We, uh, they were syndicated. The Star Trek stuff was syndicated on some other network. Well, you just couldn't watch Voyager. But there was like a local Christian network, and every night, like, at some point at, between 8 to, to 11, it would become UPM, just from 8 to 11. <laughs> and I only know the that. Devil, the devil took over. And it was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smackdown came on. Yes. That was on UPN, right? Yes. All right. See, now that was a good reference. Your reference-ometer was on. It, yeah, this is all checks out. Um, well, I had one other question about, uh, like, so you live in L.A., like, the in... Did you get to like meet all these people that you had been writing about mm-hmm. all this time? Like, did that change how you huh. covered film and TV? Like, st- starting to get closer to the industry. Well, to bring Gamergate into things, yay! Um, like, it's about ethics and journalism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I do meet a lot of people. I have a lot of friends who work in in the business and TV and film, and mm-hmm. and I just don't cover things that I have a conflict of interest in. Um, mm-hmm. If it's like a slight conflict, I would disclose. But I mean, it doesn't really change anything. I, I think that I just I cover things that I like, and um, luckily I work for an outlet where we're encouraged to write about things that we're passionate about. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not required to kind of like cover things that I hate, mm-hmm. and I'm not required to. Um, I, I would never talk something up that I don't genuinely love, mm-hmm. and so it's not hard for me to kind of like write about these things and still maintain some friendships with people who work in entertainment. Well, I'm, so what, oh, what we're going to do is cut out all the parts where you say you know him and then just loop you talking about how much Cobblepot is great mm-hmm. on Perfect. Gotham. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll make that an independent clip that we... Yeah. Uh, I did, you know, for like, we did like the end of the year last, mm-hmm. last year, we do a bunch of like end of the year lists and one of the ones we did was like breakout characters of the year. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote about um, Cobblepot and I, but I disclosed that we mm-hmm. were friends. And I said that I would have written it if, if we weren't friends, because he's a great character. I tried to describe that to some of the anger people, and it's just like, yeah, it's so I can still like something and know... I'm, my whole job is to tell you what... Like, here's something you might like. I like this. And it doesn't, mat- it doesn't really matter how I know about this thing I'm telling you you might well, I like. Think you're, but, you're, I mean, there, there, is, there is like a, a level, you know, you have to... You think, like, if I... There are people that I know who, who, who write for certain shows, and it's mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't write about that show because I would feel bad panning mm. it because they're a close friend. Mm. And so in that case, I wouldn't write about it. You mm. recuse yourself because it's just, it's too, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Obviously close, in that case. Yeah, yeah there are limits. <laughs> well, I, would, I would say it's, it, I would be more afraid in L.A., like, seeing someone you have written something bad about and then maybe recognize. Does that ever happen? No. I mean, I don't think that most people care that much. I mean, like, Ryan, but you're on like a real high-profile <clears throat> site, though. So, like, if, yeah, I, um, I don't know. I mean, like Ryan Murphy, I know is like very. He like reads all his bad reviews mm-hmm. and like will confront <laughs> you about <laughs> it. Uh-oh. But um, it's never happened to me. He, he makes like eight TV shows a, a day. They like, can't all be good. He, no, but I mean, like, how does he have the time? To, <laughs> he's executive producing everything on television. I don't. I don't know. But I mean, that's the danger, though. I mean, of anything, you know, even if you tweet something, like mm-hmm. people are going to see it and. Yeah. They might bring it up to you later and be like, hey, you were kind of mean about that thing I did. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, it drives me crazy to think people are talking about me, and I could find out what they're saying if I if I would just spend thirty minutes looking for what they were saying about me. Don't do it. Don't, don't Google yourself. It's too late. Don't do it. Too late. You have to set up the opposite of a Google alert. Something that deletes anything written. Well, about I'm just you. appearing <laughs> in a YouTube video is like, what's the meanest thing a person could say about me? I yeah. guess I should read these comments. And I'll yeah. find out. But, I'm trying to think. What is the meanest uh, thing someone said about me? Probably something. Well, also, I, 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 you know, it was very hard for me to identify with it. But I loved your article about about having body issues while being a gay man. Like I, I, I just could not identify with it. But it was so. It was very. Yeah, it's awesome being straight and having no body issues. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I get emails about that like pretty regularly. So. It was it was a really great piece. Thank you. Well, I, what was the gist of it? I... It was called "It Gets Better Unless You're Fat." <laughs> well, yeah, that you felt that you yeah that you said you got made fun of. Like, I'm not. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But no, it was you, about people. Like, people people always school. ask me if I get if I got bullied a lot as a teenager. And yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, for being fat, but not for being gay. Mm-hmm. Really? Because you were you you didn't come out as a adolescent because it's still kind of considered like progressive people will still make fun of people for being fat yeah you, it's still okay to make fun of people for being fat in a way that mm-hmm. it's not for being gay or being black or i mean that you can it's like considered okay you think that's that. still the case with yes yeah you're right because on the internet I mean, no, you're, <laughs> absolutely and and in, in tv and film like i mean you yeah. can still make a joke about someone being fat where that's the punchline mm-hmm. and that it does not fly so much with you know the jews for example <laughs> Who don't get enough jokes made at their expense? As a Jew, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're, I think we can wrap this up, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on Laser Time. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com. Everybody's send plug, yeah. plugs, plugs. Well, uh, why don't we let our guests go first? Absolutely, a plug of honor. What am I plugging? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you're your in Twitter. LA, if you're in LA and you want to see uh, cheaper than therapy, please do. Please mm-hmm. come by at Bar Lubitsch. Um, you can check local listings. Um, <laughs> Or uh, my, my website is lewispeitzman.com. I try to keep it updated with upcoming shows, including mm-hmm. that one. So there's that. And I have a Twitter, which is my name. And uh, you can read my writing on buzzfeed.com. Nice. Oh, and uh, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do Cape Crisis comic book co- podcast every week on the Laser Time Network. Uh, and I'm really glad we didn't talk about our my exchange with you on OKCupid four years ago. That would, that oh, would were be you embarrassing. Were, you asked each other out or something like that? We can save that for another podcast. Yeah, that's another podcast. That's how they met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I started following his work after that. Yes. You can find me as uh, Tyler Wild on OKCupid. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Tyler underscore Wild on Twitter. You know for me. the sexy guy with the Hawaiian shirt <laughs> yes. and the fedora. Um, I have a drink that has an umbrella in it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know where I work. Um, <laughs> what, did that sound full of myself? Collusion.org? You know where I work. I'm on this show often enough. PCGamer.com. <laughs> Go read. Vision of Apocalypse, all that stuff. Thank you very much, Lewis.